When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, No Bad Dog Army. Happy freaking Wednesday. We've got a good podcast today with a lot of different layers of questions, which is always nice. So we have everything from my e-collar isn't working to uh, going over video footage of a dog attacking their other dog uh, over an ice cube and going through resource guarding and going through the triggers and the variables and the success and what that looks like, as well as finding the right board and train and how many weeks you should do. I mean, a lot of different questions, uh, a lot of different uh, scenarios that I know it's going to benefit you guys. Before we get into the podcast, as a reminder, uh, we're doing a seminar next May with Force Mickey. All the details are in the uh, link below. So make sure you guys, if you want to come hang out with us for the weekend, that you get your tickets. And anyway, so we're going to get into the podcast. And as always, I'm going to be answering your dog training questions at the end. So make sure that you guys listen to the end. I'm going to pick three, and if you want me to answer your specific dog training questions, all you guys have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart and leave your review and a question in that review. It's just the only way that you can actually get into a a question with me. So, yep, listen to the end, and let's just get into the podcast. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Um, so a couple things since the last time we talked, it's been about four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, been really trying to work with her, um, on the e-caller. Uh, she's doing great inside the house. Um, she even does great when we go outside. Um, and I've got her on a long line. I've got about a 20 foot long line. Um, I can put her in a uh, sit. I can put her in a stay. I can walk to the end of that line. Uh, I can call her. She comes and she's 10 out of 10. Perfect. Um, but as soon as I give her freedom, um, she's gone like a freight train. And um, I, I, I'm trying to use the boost um, I've got her set when we're outside, I've got her set, uh, normally on bet- between an eight and a nine inside the house. She can be a five and six and she's still super responsive, but she seems to, because she's outside, there's obviously more distractions out mm-hmm. there. I had turned it up to an eight or a nine. So her boost is at a, a 90. Um, and she acts like there ain't even anything going on. So I, I don't know if I've got it placed in the wrong spot i don't yep i'm kind of at a loss yeah that's what it sounds like to me is the e-collar just isn't on uh working 
Very common. I literally did this yesterday with somebody. She came in for the same thing. Okay. She, she came in for uh, the dog isn't responding to the remote collar, and it was just not tight. I literally felt it. I'm like, yep, it's not working. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's, it has to be pushing against the dog's skin in order for it to work. And okay. what ends up happening is, is especially what you were just saying, is you may be hitting the button in response to – so basically you're not using the remote collar essentially is what ends up happening if if what we're talking about is to be held true so mm -hmm. if you're on a long line and you're saying come and you're saying sit and you're saying place and all that stuff your dog already knows those behaviors outside of using the remote collar to reinforce it so your dog's going to do that anyway especially on a leash so okay. this happens often where we say oh when we unclip the leash and the dog runs away they don't the e-collar doesn't work the e-collar hasn't been working tip typically okay. And that's, that's a very easy, very common problem. If that e-collar isn't pushing against your dog's skin and has good contact, you're not doing it. You just have to start over again. Okay. So um, help me understand where it needs to be. But because I feel like if I make it tighter than, than it is, then like it's, it's too, too tight. Um, well, right now it's, yeah, go ahead. Where, where should it be? placed on on her neck right on the side so it's gonna be right on the side of the dog's neck um pushed against the dog's skin where is it right now dora come here so it's it i've got it placed kind of it's on the side of her neck but it, it would be like at the base of uh like her jawbone okay yeah what and what e-collar do you have i've got yours i've got the cool. 280c yeah yeah, I would just make sure that it's it's just pushed up against um, the skin. Okay. Like so if, it doesn't need to be up higher, like back behind her ear. I mean, it, it can. The, it can. I mean, I've had people put on their legs. <laughs> like, it, it, it's really about making sure that the contact points are sitting against the dog's skin. So I, I typically will put it, if I'm just working on e-collar stuff, I'll put it right behind the dog's ears, nice and tight, right okay. on that, like, curvature that they have there on the muscle. Yep. And, okay. um, yeah, that's a very common mistake. We're actually developing a e-collar course now. Right. Um, so people can take that instead of, uh, you know, trying to figure it out on their own. So, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I guess my, I thought it was working because when I hit it on the boost and, and she finally come, comes around, I can, I can see the muscles, and in her her neck moving with the pulse, mm, mm -hmm. but she didn't seem to she didn't seem to care. Yeah, well, so if if the muscles are moving, that typically says that it is in contact. Uh, however, right. if one of them isn't and one of them is, it may not be good contact. And or um, the reason there's something going wrong because if you right. go from eight to ninety, yep, something's wrong. Hundred hundred percent. There's okay. something going wrong, and I and I I don't know. Either it's not contacting properly, okay, or the dog just doesn't know the behavior. I've never had to go up that high in my life, and I've been working with hounds, GSPs, beagles, right. dogs that would their prey drive is a thousand times more intense than any other dog, and. I have never had to really go up that high from what I okay. can remember. So I would just say you really need to go back to your basics 
and figure out what's going wrong. Like I would get into a small room. I would use your, I would go back down to your conditioning levels and see how responsive to your dog is. One, one proofing system that you can do, which I've talked about often is you can do the nonverbal recall, which is essentially putting your e-collar levels on a conditioning level. And what you would do is for a whole day, you would say the dog's name and recall them at the same time like you normally would. And then at the end of that, you would hit the remote collar and see if the dog responds to the the recall. You take okay. dog come, dog come, dog come all day long. And then at the end of the day, you just hit the remote collar and see if the dog responds. That's a good proofing system. Okay. Okay. And so take it back down to that conditioning that I use inside the house. So like a five, six. Yeah. I mean, usually, I mean, whatever, whatever okay. your dog's at, I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, typically all my conditioning levels have been below a 10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I and I, I try to keep it below that. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, when we're outside on leash, it's like, she knows that she's working, uh, uh-huh. because she's on her leash uh-huh. and she knows that I have, uh, treats in my pocket. And, uh-huh. and so if she's not on her leash and I don't have treats in my pocket, then it's like, she's like, well, why do I, why do I want to listen to her? Right. And that, and that's, <clears throat> I understand. And that's something that you typically want to proof out before you start using the remote because, um, okay. because as a trainer, that would tell me that maybe the dog doesn't know, I know what you're saying and it could be true. Yep. yep. However, that may mean that the dog doesn't really fundamentally know the behavior as well. It'd be the same thing with the sit. My dog only sits if there's food involved. My response to that usually is then your dog doesn't really know sit that well. It is possible that the dog does know sit or the dog does know recall, but they're choosing not to because there's no food involved and they know that. It is possible. But I would say nine times out of ten, like that's what I mean is you're missing a gap. There's a gap. And the gap is you should get back down on the leash, throw the treats away for now, ask the dog to do the behavior. And if they're not doing it, you need to tune that up on the leash before you introduce the remote collar to kind of really, because if your dog is, so here's the thing is like, there's levels to currency, right? Mm -hmm. So if your dog is not responsive to you and they know the behavior well and they can hear you and they're just not coming to you because you don't have a reward for them. That's one level of now nah, I'm not doing it because you don't have anything for me. Right. And then the right. next level is going to be chasing things, which is a high, way higher distraction. So, ah, uh, I'm not really going to listen because there's nothing in it for me. Eh. So there's boom, that's a problem. And then you go up six levels to, let's get a bird or a squirrel or another dog running around and see what happens. Then it's absolutely not. No, no. Right. So that, so then I would say again, kind of go back down to the basics and get that under control because to me, that would tell me that there's something wrong with your recall and not the remote. Yeah. Okay. Especially if you're going up to a 90 and the dog's next twitching and mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I feel you, but I don't really know. What to, that tells me the dog doesn't know what to do. It's not It's not necessarily the dog doesn't care about it. Right. That just means the dog doesn't know how to shut it off because your recall isn't isn't there. Like okay. we, we just, just, just did this 12 hours ago with the same thing. 
dog came in. She said, look, the dog's not responsive. It was a coonhound. And she hit the remote collar and the dog felt it, but didn't know what to do. So she would say, yeah, look, the dog's shutting down. And I was like, well, your recall isn't strong enough to be using this. Okay. Because your dog is, so the dog would just sit or the dog would lay down. So that means if the dog feels that pressure and wants to shut it off, but does a different behavior instead of the behavior that you're asking, that is a very clear sign that your dog does not know the behavior you're actually asking and you need to shelf the e-collar and get back down to the basics. Okay. And I'm not saying that's exactly what you're dealing with. I'm just saying that these these are kind of troubleshooting, problem solving type sure. of things. That's all. Yeah. No, I mean it 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 makes sense and and you know, like I like I had said, you know, inside the house, I, I feel like she's, you know, she's golden. I go, I I sit her, I stay, uh, I leave the room and go into another room in the house. Um, you know, Dora come um and here she comes mm -hmm. and and then um but it, it seems like maybe i just need to work with her more inside and maybe stop the e-caller for for a while and just verify that she does right. understand what what it is that i'm that i'm asking her to do yeah exactly um and that's that's what i would do is just kind of get back down to those basics and really audit to make sure that they understand what you're asking and get the, okay. get the long line back out and get into it. <clears throat> Cause that, that's what I would do. This is exactly what I did yesterday. My dog's okay. not responsive to the e-collar. They're shutting down. Okay. Let's go into a room and we say, Hey dog, come. And the dog would just like, look at her yawn, go, Oh God. Oh God. What do I do? And she had a high, she had a very high, um, hunting collar. So it wasn't like a dog or anything. It was a very high, like output hunting collar. So it was more yeah. intense. And, mm -hmm. You know, and these are just, these are normal things, right? But these are, she, she didn't know what to do. So she just sat, she's like, I'll, how about this? And I'm like, listen, right. your dog is showing you, I understand there's pressure being applied, but I don't know what recall is because, and then I say, if you're, and then, oh, really? My dog doesn't know recall. It's like, yeah, because your dog wants to shut this off and does a behavior to hopefully shut it off. If they knew the behavior well, they would run to you, but they don't. Mm -hmm. So that's a good way too. Like if you get into those higher levels, um, the other thing that is really helpful for proofing out the recall is incremental builds as well. So some dogs will become reactive to the remote collar by like pausing and freezing. Mm -hmm. And then other dogs will will react and like engage with what they want, like a gas pedal, kind of like a, a gas and a brake. And right. if you go from low level distractions, level seven, the dog's responsive, the dog's responsive, the dog's responsive. And then you go immediate to like outside with cattle. It's like, boom, an immediate. So, so you don't, you don't give your dog a fair chance to kind of like really get that gray area and the steps in between down. Okay. So anyway, those are just some troubleshooting things that I would really go and do is it would, it's very, <clears throat> something's not right. Going from less than 10 to 90 with the dog, just like sh shrugging it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something's not, something's not right there. Okay. Okay. I, I, and I think it's maybe a combination, 
of of everything that you just said. It, it it's not placed right. Mm-hmm. Maybe she does not know recall as 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 well as I think she does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I take her to a, a group training class once a week. Um, and, you know, we work on recalls there. Um, I don't have the e-caller with me, uh, when I go, she's just on a regular, like Martingale caller. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does, she does recall there. I wouldn't say perfect, but I would say fairly well because there's distractions. There's six other dogs there and there's seven or eight other people there. Um, and, and so, um, she she does okay. I she knows, it, but I just I think you're right. I just don't think that she knows it as as well as I guess I want to believe that she knows. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, that's common. Yeah, it's like I'm know. like I've been working on this forever. How does she not understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, that's 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 great. I'll I'll we'll just. And I leave the e-collar on her just so she knows that it's there, but just not utilize it. And, mm-hmm. and we'll go, we'll go back to some, some basics of, of that working on that in the house. Um, we do have a, cause we're on a 15 acre, you know, kind of hobby farm. And so um, we do have a small section of our backyard that is fenced in yeah. where she can't, if she sees something, she can't get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so maybe work with her back there. Is that a better place than just out in the open where she can go run 15 acres and I me mean, not get her back? I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a, it's a nice uh, middle ground. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I'm saying is, is don't go zero to a hundred, go to like zero to 50. And yeah. Then, so work yeah. with her back there before yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, let's go off. If you're off leash in the backyard and you're doing great, well, let's just, you know, let's just go do it out in the front yard. Just maybe yeah. slow, slow down a, a little bit on my side. Um, because uh, again, I, I go with the, you know, I've been working on this for so long. She seems to know it and you know, yep. come on, let's, you know, let's do this. Let's, yep. <laughs> Let's get this. Let's get this done. Yeah, I love it. I I totally understand. Um, I I definitely get it. And um, you just have to make sure that you're grabbing gears in order. Yeah. You know, like don't, don't, don't get because because I always tell people like once you get your foundation, you know, then you're good. Like don't rush it. It's like rushing anything else, like building a pool or building a house or building a fence. It's like I just want it up. I just want to. It's like I understand, but if we do it right the first time then we don't have to, you know, go back. So just take your, just take your time and kind of rescale. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so when we, when we talked last time, um, I had sent you a video of her rushing at the gate over a bully stick. Yep. And so uh, I, I've just, I just make sure they're in separate rooms. I haven't stopped giving them. It's just that Zoe's down in the bedroom doors in the kitchen. She can't see Zoe. She can't hear Zoe. So we haven't had any problems. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have problems with uh, feeding. They, they eat in the same room. Um, they don't eat right next to each other. One's here, one's there. They drink out of the same water bowl at the same time. I give them hand treats together at the yeah. same time. Various different kinds of treats. Yep. So I had sent a, a couple of videos um, last night. Yep. Um, and and so, I mean, we're in the kitchen. 
it's a excuse my language it's a <laughs> ice cube and she freaking launched yeah at zoe over an ice cube and, and and i've been giving them ice cubes together since she was a puppy mm-hmm. and so i am missing something i'm missing a signal a sign i'm missing i'm missing something but i don't know what it is okay i got the video um, so there's two. There's one that yep. says before, and just so you could see what was going on before, we're all walking around the kitchen. We're doing great, mm-hmm. and I give Dora an ice cube. I give Zoe an ice cube, and it's just boom. It happened so fast. Um, yeah. I I was I. It took me off guard, sure. and and took me a second to respond. Zoe did not get hurt. I know. I see um, that. She looked like she didn't care. Um, But, man. So let me, yeah, so I'm watching the video now. So one dog is laying down, and um, the other dog is is getting an ice cube. So it's a Corso. Yes. And the Mastiff, the um, just like an English Mastiff, Napoleon, or what is that? Yeah, she's an English Mastiff. Okay, good. Good. I'm doing good at my breeds, aren't I? Um, <laughs> so what I would do is you guys are you guys are in the kitchen and you're in that area, right? So what ends up happening is, and it's hard to see because you're in the way of the other dog, but what ends up happening here is, is I, I, I understand the value of the ice cube to you is uh, in significant and or not a big deal and it's something you've been doing and they've but here's the thing is they have a history of kind of getting into it in that area right there right where you're at so i don't i don't think it matters if it's frozen water or it's a bully stick or it's a tension i think when you're in that area because you're in the fridge um or you're by the fridge and they're in that area um that's a that is a area and i know and i remember when we talked about this last time going over the footage mm-hmm. i was kind of explaining that that kitchen i know it's not a small kitchen but those are huge dogs and also there it looks like to me watching the video that there is a bully stick on the ground there is a um, that wasn't a bully stick because I do not leave those out. It's one of those um, dogwood sticks. A stick. Um, yeah. That that they that just lay around the house all the time. Yeah. Those are I, there are some things that I just leave out. Toys, ropes. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and and things like that. I understand it. <clears throat> I, what I would do is it seems more of a protective thing. Like if you watch this video back. She mm-hmm. is pinned on you and she is just looking at the other dog. And that's so let's let's talk about triggers. The trigger okay. is her being pinned right on you. That's what's going to create the problem. So it's Okay. Yeah, because you cuz that that's here like you're like if you watch it back, you give her the ice cube, you go back to refill your water, and she just leans on like leans right behind you and just stares at the other dog. Right. And that's that's where you have to be mindful. Do not let her guard you under any circumstances. Um and I and to be honest, like I wouldn't give them anything in that space because every conversation that you and I have had about yeah. the dogs being reactive is giving them something in that kitchen in that space. 
If you can take away the variable of, of what's consistent with the problems, you mm-hmm. will drastically decrease the likelihood of this reaction and or eliminate it completely. Okay. And I understand it's an ice cube. It obviously doesn't matter. Whatever you're giving them right in that area is... But they... So they eat in the kitchen. So yeah. Zoe Zoe eats by the sliding glass door, which is by where the washer and dryer are. Mm-hmm. And then Dora eats in front of the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is right. And Dora... Zoe usually finishes eating first. Zoe walks right by her while Dora is still eating her food. And I have never, ever had an issue. That's where their right. water bowl is. And so they drink together out of that water bowl. But there's, and so, there's two things that are, are different, though, is okay. you're, not, you're not getting pinned against the wall. Uh-huh. And you're not giving them something out of your hand. Those okay. two, th- That's the problem. So those are those are two separate things. Okay. Like, that's the difference between being like, hey, I'm coming to the United States. Oh, great. I'm flying into L.A. And you're like, I live in Manhattan. You're like, yeah, but isn't it the same? No, it's not the same at all. Like, not even close. Not even close, close, right? So you putting a food bowl down on one side of the room and then putting a food bowl down on the other side of the room and walking away is nothing compared to what you just did. What you did in this video is you took your hand from you. You Mm -hmm. looked at the other dog. They're two feet away from each other. You slid your hand out the other dog ate a piece of food and then the corso stood behind you and and pinned against your leg they're not even uh, on the same map is she trying to protect i don't know what okay i don't know but that's but what i'm saying is is that's that's what i always try to like tell people is don't who knows yeah she, she could be protecting she could be resource guarding um she could say oh i'm thirsty or i'm hot um this ice cube is great. You're at the dispenser where the ice cubes are. And now the other dog is staring right at her and she's staring at her and boom, there's a fight or whatever you want to call it. Right. So it's, I understand um, as a dog owner, not really thinking of these things of like, well, they, they feed in the same room separately, but that, that situation is so different to dogs. You putting a food bowl down on the other side of the room and the other, and then you walking away is different from, like you're just di- like that, that the refrigerator door that you're at is dispensing the thing that you just gave that dog. So now you're standing there, even though you're dispensing water, they don't know that. So right. you turned one dog is laying down. The other dog is standing at standing at your feet, hugging you. You turn around, you slide an ice cube into that dog's mouth. You turn back to the door. She could be thinking like, okay, I'm going to get another one. And then she's going to warn the other. It's the same exact thing. As okay. before, it's just a different item. Like you're creating too much tension in that small space and, and you need to break it up. Anytime okay. you get into that space and she either clings to you or gets next to you or whatever, I wouldn't give them – And I mean they're just too – it's just too close. It's, this, it's literally the same exact thing that happened last time. Same thing, just it's not an ice cube. It's a bully stick. Right. And it's the yeah, way. And, you know, yeah. My mind is like, what is the big deal about? It's a freaking ice. Cream. They don't care. Yeah. It's 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 it, it, that's not the principle. The principle is is yeah. you gave her something, and you're and for all she knows, you're going to get her another thing. And so she's like, hey, big boy, you're out of here. Move my ice cubes. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. Obviously, it's not fair to Zoe. She's you know, and she's old. 
So she is going to be 10 in June. Um, you know, large breed. She's got some arthritis. She doesn't move as as well as she used to. And the last thing I want is for, you know, her last year or two, however much longer we have with her to yeah. be this, this. She's miserable because this new thing that I decided to bring into the house is, you know, constantly tormenting her. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and like I said before, I, th I think you just have to do a better job at being mindful of what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Cause to me, I wouldn't like, if you get a Corso like that, that has a history of like it, it, all of that, if you called me and said, Hey, is this a good idea? I'd say, Nope, it's a terrible idea because you're setting them up for exactly the same thing that happened before and before okay. that. Yeah. So I, I just, I wouldn't give them anything from your hand valuable because it, it, that's what's creating the problem. It doesn't matter if it's a sock, an ice cube, or a dandelion. It's not the item. It's you gave this dog something, and now they're looking at each other, and then boom. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um... I think if you took the if you took the situation away outside of the kitchen, you wouldn't have any problems. And how uh, do I do I test that? And how can I test that safely? I don't I don't think you could <clears throat> safely test it, considering okay. the other dogs. The only way you'd be able to test it is putting the other dog as bait. Right. Which that uh, yeah, not gonna right. Not gonna do Ex that exactly. Probably. So, okay. Um, because I, they get like when we come inside and, 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 and I absolutely hear what you're saying. It is in a different spot. So when we come inside, I've got a, a, a treat bucket and, you know, because I'm trying to, you know, Dora inside, mm -hmm. you know, let's go. I'm trying to make that a word that she understands what I want her to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so we come inside and, you know, good inside and I'm giving both of them treats out of the treat bucket. But now I'm also by the front door. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. They're very far away from each other, but they are two separate, um, you know, spots. And um, so, yeah, what you're I just didn't make that because what you're saying makes sense because. I give them treats. They sit right next to each other. I give one to Zoe. I give one to Dora. I give one to Zoe. I give one to Dora. Mm -hmm. Dora's focused on me at that time because I'm a freaking treat dispenser. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, well, I get one. She gets one. I get one. She gets one. Okay, great. Um, and and so it 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 sounds like you're right. And I just wasn't thinking about it. It's got to be where where we're at in in the house. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because the, you know, the kitchen is, is an area where we get higher rewards. That is correct. So, you know, in the past it would be bully sticks or their food or whatever. Right. So every, you know, like I said before, from my experience working with you guys, every situation has been in that same exact spot. And if you get into that spot and you give one dog something, and not the other one or whatever, it's a recipe. And if you keep doing it, it's going to keep happening. Yeah. So I, I'm really big on, listen, instead of trying to figure out why it happened so much, yeah. if I can say, hey, every time, okay, what's the, there's a variable here. What is the variable? In the kitchen, giving them something. Mm -hmm. 
That's the variable. If you can delete that, you probably won't see it happen again. But if you continue yeah. to do it, you will continue to see it happen again. Right. Yeah, totally makes sense. And and I guess my mind, I didn't think an ice cube is, right. is no. I understand. Is a high value. I understand. It's a high value treat. I'm like it's frozen water. Yeah, I understand. Um, but it's just something, so, right? And yeah, that's... it's something. And and I think I think as as silly as this might sound, I think it's the crunching noise. <laughs> Yeah, sure. It, sure. Did, 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 I mean, I don't I don't know why that would make sense, but the treats that I give them when we come inside, they're soft treats. And so, you know, mm. they I don't even sure that they chew them. I think they just swallow them whole. Um, but it seems that because bully sticks, they crunch. This the ice, it, it crunches. And it's, it seems like she reacted to Zoe when Zoe bit down on the ice cube that she had. Mm-hmm. It makes that it makes that crunch noise. Yep. So, okay. Um, so, uh, third thing, Dora and I uh, had an issue. She had something that she was not supposed to have. Normally, she's fairly good at the at the drop it command, um, a- unless it's something that she that she really wants to keep. Yeah. And so she she caught me on my arm, um, and my forearm was was bruised pretty pretty severely um, because and it's my fault and I know that it's my fault and if I could go back and change it I would, but I I went to go I told her drop it she didn't drop it I went to go get it out of her mouth she growled and instead of me backing off which again I know I should have done. I uh, I tried to force it out of her mouth. Huge uh-huh. mistake. Um, she turned. She snapped at my arm. I got a bruise. Her canine tooth caught me. It looks. It it was just kind of like a it, a scratch, not a not an actual bite. Bite. There was no puncture. Uh, no blood. Um. And so, how? What do I do? How, how do I get her to when I say drop it, I don't care what it is, I need you to drop it. I need some work on that. Well, you just have to you have to teach the drop it command outside of that very high distraction. So okay. it, you don't don't wait for them to get a stake to teach them to drop it. Yep. You'll have to get something else that is kind of like a medium reward or medium whatever and that's 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 how you would do that is you would get more of a uh, a neutral kind of toy and teach drop that way um and typically what i do is i just use like a like a slip leash and um it depends on how you want to do it but if you have something that she will consistently grab and play with yep you can approach the situation with other um like a, a treats or something like that and then there's a couple different ways but you can apply pressure and so you say drop and then you'd apply pressure and then she lets it go and then you give it right back to her and you'd say yes you kind of throw it on the ground and let her chase it <clears throat> so you just teach her um how that works so as soon as she lets something go she gets it back and that's what we do with like really high drive dogs is we ask them to you know, they have a ball, they have a tug and they're playing with stuff or whatever. Um, what you can then do is you can 
say drop or out and then the dog lets go of it and then you immediately engage into play again and that's how you would that's how you would do that so what what if she won't drop it when i when i say drop so like uh so she loves to play tug of war uh-huh. he's he's the 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 but She's super strong and she's way stronger than I am when it comes to that. Um, but she also likes to play fetch. But my, my, my problem is, is I can't get her to, as soon as I, as soon as I touch the toy, she immediately is trying to, I don't want to say fight me for it, but she wants to play. Right. And that's where um, you, yeah. And so I let go of it and I'm like, Dora, drop it, drop. And then I'm like, Drop, 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 and she still doesn't drop it, and yep. she's just like, yeah. Well, sometimes it takes sometimes it takes weeks for dogs to understand it, so it, okay. it it makes total, total, total sense. Like it's a patience thing. You're you're taking one of the most stubborn, protective guardian breeds in the world, <laughs> and you're like, hey, this thing that you love that you're crunching down with your weight force that can crush bones for fun. Yep. I want mm-hmm. you to just just spit it out when I speak English to you. Right. It's not easy. It's going to take you a couple of weeks to get it. And if you're doing it wrong, which you are, it's going to take a lot longer. Okay. Because that's what you're doing right now is you're basically doing all the wrong things. You're repeating yourself. You're basically saying, go to your room, 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 go to your room. No, not going to go to my room. Thank you. Right. Like that's what you're doing is you're repeating yourself constantly, which then makes your your whole relationship with your dog very minimal and 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 less right. meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I say drop it, she doesn't then what? Well, then again, that's exactly what I was just saying before is you would apply pressure. You say you say drop and then you'd apply pressure and then when she drops it, you you engage into play again. Okay, but if she doesn't drop it if when I apply pressure, then what? Uh, then I would try to get a little bit of food out to try to discourage or, or try to encourage the dog to drop it with some food. Um, okay. And then when she drops the when she when she drops it, then you can pay the dog with just like a like a piece of kibble, like a tiny little chunk. Yeah. Okay. Is is it an option to utilize the vibrate on the e collar for a drop it command? Uh, it's an option. Yeah. It's always, yeah. It's always an option. I just don't. What option or bad option? <laughs> I, w- I, I wouldn't do it because okay. like those, you know, the, the, the pager button and the vibrate, especially with my unit is a very, oh crap button. That's your kind of your backup. That's your, Hey, whatever you're doing is terribly wrong. And I never want you to be associated with it ever again. Okay. So if you're using the pager, it's probably going to freak her out, and then she might not want to play with you ever again. Yeah. Okay. So you got to be careful how you do that. Right. Yeah. So. I, I I haven't gone down that road yet. Um, I I figured it was for more. You know. Um, I've I've used it. The pager. I've used it twice. Mm-hmm. But she was she was going after one of the cats, and that was my leave it. Mm-hmm. That was don't stop that. Don't, don't do that. And I don't think she wants to hurt the cat. Don't, don't, don't miss me. If you, I just think she wants to try and play with the cat. Yeah. And so is that a valid way to use that or should I not do that anymore? The pager? 
Yeah. For, for a leave it command of, hey, I don't want you, I, that's a big no for me. Um, the, yeah, I mean, that's what it's for. I mean, the, the pager is basically like, whatever you're doing, you can't do anymore. You got to stop what you're doing. Okay. Like, you can't do that any anymore. So the answer is, okay. yeah, the answer is yes. If you want to completely shut it down and say you, that, that thing is off limits. But I, I personally would just also be integrating in your recalls as well to recall the yeah. dog off the, the cat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, because my concern with the cat, so we've got three cats inside the house. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she and she is good with with them, but you know they run. She wants to chase them. It's the the way it is. Sure. My my concern with with cats is we we also have feral cats mm-hmm. on the on the property, mm-hmm. and she will see them through the sliding glass door. And she will literally try to dig her way through that door to get to one of those cats mm-hmm. that, that are that are outside. Um, and so um, my concern is then we go outside, she's not on her leash, and she takes off after after one of the cats. So I, I'm I'm trying to associate a mm. cat with. I just need you to seriously leave that yeah. thing. Alone. Yep, and that's that's what that's good for. Okay, yeah, because she about pulled me off my feet when we walked outside mm, probably about three weeks ago, and we finally had sun, and the snow was finally going away, uh, and there was a cat laying in the driveway, and I didn't see it, but she sure did. Yeah. And so I was not prepared for her powerful lunge forward and and she about she about took me off my feet mm-hmm. over it mm-hmm. so um yeah that's um so i i certainly have have some some work that i need to do and and i figured that it was going to be all about me like i'm 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 the one that's doing something i i maybe not being a good i don't want to say pack leader but i'm not being a good leader of being clear on what it is that I want her to do. And I repeat myself constantly yeah. yep. or sit, 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 or when, so we're, I'm trying to get it to where she's got a little more free roam of the house. I, 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 we got this dog because we, we want something that's going to alert us if something's going on that shouldn't be going on. Mm-hmm. And so I've started giving her more roam of the house uh, throughout the day. And we just started last week in the evening because in the evening before she was kind of, she wasn't in a kennel, so to speak, but she had a, we had a barricade around her big bed Mm -hmm. uh, that she would stay in. And so we've taken that down and she's now got room of the hallway and the bedroom and she's doing great. Um, during the, during the day and in the evenings when it's relaxed time, um, we're in the living room and, um, you know, okay, Dora, we're trying to eat our dinner, uh, you know, Dora sit and she'll lay down and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever you did something. Do, do I need to be correcting? I'm telling her to sit yeah. she, and I'm not using the e-caller. Well, let, let me, let me be clear. I'm telling her to sit she's laying down do i need to correct her and make her sit or do i just let her go it depends on what you want and and this is ex- it's a great 
it's a great subject. And this is exactly what we've been talking about is diluting your entire relationship and asking the dog to do something and you don't really care what they do because if you don't care what they do when you ask them to do something, then that's how your whole relationship is going to be. So what do you care about? Well, I just want her to be in one place. Well, don't, if you ask her to sit and she downs, that's a problem because when you ask her to stay and she runs, she's not going to give a shit. Right. She doesn't listen to you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's like go to your room and then they run out and play with their friends. It's it's the same. It's the same thing. Right. So you got to be very clear about what you want. So I tell her to sit, she downs, I then correct her no, and make I, her I wouldn't sit. correct her because if she doesn't know how to go into a sit from a down, you're going to mess things up even yeah. more. She does know how to she does know how to go from a down to a sit. Okay. Well then, you're going to have to it depends on what you want. The answer is yes. If you ask her to sit and she downs, you should be putting her back in. But you have to be prepared to stop everything that you're yep. doing and go and handle that. And it may be a 15 minute diverge thing. Yeah. So and that is something that I'm willing to do. Perfect. Um, be, be, because it, uh, it needs, it needs to be done. And, and ultimately uh, we've been working on place. And so uh, she's got, she has three different beds inside the house. She's got one by my desk. She's got one in the living room and then she's got one down in our bedroom. And so I'm, I'm trying to, and I don't know if this is possible. I'm trying to get her to understand there's three places for her to place. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel as long as I am directing her and showing, Hey, I need you to place here. This is where, this is where we're placing right now. Cause we're all in the front room. Uh, or at nighttime, this is where you're placing because we're down in the bedroom. And then during the day, because I work from home, this is where I need you to place is because you're going to place right by my desk. Mm -hmm. And so am I confusing her with using place in three different places? God, that sounds, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you understand what I'm trying to ask? I do. Um, okay. I, I typically just use my my body to tell the dog which place I want them to go. So with Lakota, I can point anywhere and she'll go. That's how I typically do it. Yeah, okay. So you still use the same command because you're ultimately just wanting them to be there and stay there. Correct. And so in the evenings, I'll I'll place her on the bed and she'll stay there for I don't know 30 minutes or so like why we eat dinner but mm-hmm. then she wants to, she gets up she walks around and then she wants to come over and lay by me on the floor on the couch should I be okay with that or do I put her back to her place cuz I didn't give her the break command What do you mean like when you send her to a place and she gets up yeah, after like 30 minutes or so, like when we're sitting in the living room, we're watching TV, I'll place her and and she stays there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, but then she gets up and she wants to go get a drink of water and then when she comes back, she lays down on the floor by me instead of going back to her place. Is She shouldn't is be that- getting up. She shouldn't be getting up. Period. Okay. Period. For any reason. Correct. Okay. 
And what is a reasonable amount of time at her age um, to expect her to expect her to 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 stay there? Uh, your dog is amazing to me. I mean, uh, just just amazing. And and so I I'm like, yeah, that would if she would just stay there until. But if I get up off of the couch, she gets up because she wants to follow me wherever I go. Mm-hmm. But that's just that just kind of goes back down to your obedience. So the yep. realistic time frame of your dog is that's the same thing as like how how much can this athlete run? I don't know uh-huh. how much how much can they run. It's like I don't know how much have they practiced. That's really the right. same the same the same thing is a reasonable amount of time for a dog that's over seven months is predicated completely off of how much work you've put in hundred mm-hmm. percent. It has nothing to do with like my opinion. Um, what's okay. fair and what's not fair is up to your dog and the breed and what they want to do. But if you say place and st- that's what I'm saying is, is you have to be very clear and you have to be very mindful of what you're asking your dog to do and actually why you're doing it. We see this all the time. People will come in for my training programs and they'll constantly ask their dog to sit for no reason, none. They just do it because they want their dog to do something. And it starts to dilute away from when you actually need the dog to sit. They don't want to do it because you've asked them to sit for 20 minutes because you didn't know what else to do. So I always tell people like when you're asking your dog to do a behavior, you need to really mean it and, and, and hold it accountable. Don't just ask your dog to do something because you're bored and you just think it would be cool if they did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause literally in the evenings, I really honestly don't care if she's up walking around and roaming the house. So I should just fucking let her be then. Yep. Yeah. There's no re like the reason why we have obedience is to get our dogs to obey us right. when we when we need them or we want them to, right? Yep. And yep. so if you're just putting pressure on your – I mean, there's a difference between conditioning and training and having fun and all that stuff, right? But, like, don't just do something because, you know, you, you, you think that that's what you should – you should do for like, don't overdo it, especially with large breeds. Like it takes a lot for them to, to do things, right? you know? So anyway, you just have to be mindful of that, that no matter what you're doing or whatever, like you have to understand that, you know, like don't ask your dog to do something if you're not sincere about it, because you're going to dilute when you actually need to. It's a boy who cried wolf essentially. Yep. So use your obedience when you need. It's just like it's just like teaching a kid manners. It's like you want them to always have manners, but it's not like they're sitting at the kitchen table with their elbows off the table sitting there staring at you waiting waiting to be polite the next very second. Like when you need to apply things, you can apply them. But don't just do it to like exhaust your your stuff, especially if you're if you're not following through with it and you're doing it wrong. And that's what it sounds like you're doing right now is you're Go to your place. 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 Like that's all terrible stuff to do because you're t- you're basically telling the dog, "I don't really know what I want you to do, but I'm going to nag at you until you figure it out." 
Right. Like that's what that's why you like my dog so much is because when I ask her to do something, she just does it because I don't nag her. I don't ask yep. her to do something unless I really mean it. And if I ask her to do something, I hold her accountable until I release her or until I give her something else to do. And what a lot of people do is they just say, hey, do this. And if the dog right. does it, you walk away, you grab a coffee, you come back, they, they meet you at your feet and you pet them. And they're like, okay, cool. That's good. That's okay for me to do. You don't care. Right. You, you gotta be, people just ask their dogs to do stuff because uh-huh. they don't, they don't know what else to do. And it dilutes your whole relationship to when you actually need to ask your dog to do something. They're like, eh, I don't listen. Yeah. So. I'll go do it for a second. But then when I get up, she doesn't do shit about it. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, that, I mean, that totally makes sense. Cause my mind is, is like, well, yeah. So just we're sitting down, you sit down, but mm-hmm. I, I don't really care if, if you're sitting down or not, <laughs> if you're sitting down or laying down or not, right. uh, uh, if you come over and, and, you know, try to take food off of the plate, I'm going to tell you to leave it. And then you go do whatever it is that you're going to go do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't care at that point, as long as she leaves it, Mm-hmm. That's my goal is for her to leave, you know, the food that my husband and I are trying to eat. Right. Uh, but I don't care what she does as long as she leaves it. Mm-hmm. And so I just leave it at the leave it command and then she can go and do whatever. Does that does that sound reasonable? Yeah, you just you, you have to you have to you have to be very clear when you're asking your dog. Like that's why the answer is yes, but you like you as a dog owner, you have again you have to really think about the things that you're asking your dog to do, especially yep. when you're doing it with like such a big dog. Yep. You know, like if 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 you're if you're again like if, if you're hanging out at, around your table and you just want her to be in one place without her getting up and walking away and whatever, and you just want her to be, and then you tell her to sit, and you already know in your head, she's going to lay down. That's her go-to. Yep. So then you ask her to sit, she sits, and then she slinks into a down because she's big, and that's just what big dogs do. Then, okay, so now we just did this whole thing. You're trying to explain something on the phone to somebody, or you're talking to a guest, or you're having dinner, whatever you're doing. Now you have to stop everything that you just did and go over and put a lot of pressure on her to put her into a sit when in actuality you just wanted her to just stay in one place anyway so she did it down. So don't ask her to do things that you don't really care about. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Okay. Like don't yeah. don't just throw things out in the wind because you know, it, it just it, yeah. it don't do that because you're setting put her into a down. If you know if you know she's going to go into a down, ask her to down. Okay. Because now you're just sitting there using the remote collar, giving her pressure, stressing her out, going over, grabbing the leash, pulling her back up, and it defeats the purpose of what you just tried to do. Yep. Because honestly, I didn't care if she set her down, but her go-to is a down, and so just stay down. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Um, last, last question quickly, cause I know we're almost out of time. Um, what are your thoughts on a board and train for her? It depends on what your, it depends on what you want to work on. I mean, you got to have your goals of what you want to do and 
My, um, my goal for a board and train would be off-leash, recall, things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that, that would be good. That would be good to do. Um, I think that that would be reasonable. So, yeah, that would be good. Okay. And the... I mean, I know that you do board and train. I'm obviously in Montana and you're in New York, so mm-hmm. I can't see myself bringing her to you for board and train. Mm-hmm. Uh, what w- things that I need to look for to make sure that I'm not putting her in a place that is going to mistreat her. That's my biggest fear with a board and sure. train is that I'm going to get her somewhere and I'm going to end up with a dog not necessarily worse than what she was when she, cause I don't think she's a bad dog. Um, but uh, we're going to come out with aggression issues because the e-collar was used improperly or they, they mistreated her somehow, some way. What, what questions do I ask? What do I need to look for, uh, when I go see the facility? Um, and how long is a like a standard board and train? Yeah. Um, I think a standard board and train would probably be a minimum of two weeks. Okay. And that's pretty normal. You you have to make sure, um, that when you're picking, uh, the board and train place that you, um, that you actually, you know, do your research, um, go visit the place, read the reviews, go over your expectations here, let me exp- mm-hmm. let me go over uh, just ha- be having somebody that. So I I don't um I don't do any of the board and train work per se. I, I'll sometimes go in and do a little bit of work um, with some of the dogs. Maybe we'll film a segment or something. But my staff, I mean, I have a separate I have a separate business with my personal brand. Right. And then the Upstate Canine Academy is kind of like my my actual facility. But we do a board and train program, and I can tell you some things that um, you know my my trainers uh, over the years have really been frustrated with is just realistic, clear expectations. Okay. So like we, we train the dog to be prepared to do the things that you want the dog to do. But, but when we transfer the dog to you, that means that the dog is with us. They did well. Um, and so on and so forth. And your job is to then go home and implement these things. So that's pretty much like what it is. Like, let's say just for an example, you had a lawnmower and we are the repair shop and you drop it off and we tinker with it and we get it all tuned up and we say, Hey, make sure that you use this oil, make sure you run it this amount of day, make sure you do this, that, and the other thing. And it's running the best it can run. And you're really happy. You're like, wow, this thing didn't even turn before and you'd really got it better. Okay. So then when you go home, that's your job to maintain that and to keep that into good shape. And that's what you have to do. So we get a lot of people that come in and just think like, oh, I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on a board and train and I just go home with a trained dog for the rest of the life. That's insane. Right. And so we're very clear in our consults about, you know, any type of training that we do. It doesn't matter if it's personal training or private training or board and train training is we're going to get your dog into shape to where they need to be to accomplish the goals that they want because we're professionals and they're going to do it for us. But when you come and you spend an hour and change with us and we go over everything of how to go home and do your homework and you go home and expect your dog to just do everything, like you're not not a professional handler. You're not going to be able to handle the dog the way that we did. Your dog isn't going to respond to you because your relationship with the dog is different. 
So I think board and train in general, like, like I said before, one thing that we as trainers, as a facility get very frustrated with is people just have unrealistic expectations. Even if we have in our training agreement that they sign and even in our consult, we say, look, we're going to get your dog off leash and your dog is going to come back to us off leash, but you have to go home and spend the next two weeks conditioning it with you because you've never done this with your dog. And people get really frustrated with that because they just think it's, I spent all this money it has nothing to do with money at all. Right. We, and it's hard for us. And to be honest, like we have a pretty hefty waiting list and we kind of pick and choose who we, allow into our program because of that reason. We don't want somebody that comes in and says, here's a bunch of money, fix it. Nope, we won't do that. Right. Because as soon as the dog goes back home, it's going to be right where it was. Right. And that's yeah. not what we're about. Yeah, that, so. that, that, that is, is my expectation. I know I, I don't want them to, to fix her. I need, I need help. Um, and, and I'm willing to, to put in the work after the fact I, I, I found a place there about, two hours away um, and their, their least time for a board and train is six weeks. Yeah. Um, I would just be, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't send my dog away for that long. Um, okay. Nope. Just because you're like for a behavior modification, I would uh -huh. say that's reasonable. Our, our longest board and train is four weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just so you know, and um, we don't do any e-collar stuff until like, depending on the dog, at least the third the third week. But we don't do anything. We don't do we don't touch e-collar stuff on the fourth week or on this on the second week. Um, okay. And and the second week is good for dogs who sometimes come up for another board and train or need they need a tune up or maybe they just they're puppies and we want to get the basics done. I mean, I, we almost thought about getting rid of the two week, but we just knew that. There is some people that kind of slide into that category, but we don't sure. do behavior modification on a two week and we don't right. do, um, we don't do e-collar training on a two week. So yep. for six weeks, you got to really think like what type of dog you have. And I think your dog is more of the chill kind of sleep around type of dog. And in a six week board and train program, I think you're, it's, it's, it wouldn't be healthy, um, okay. for your dog. So I, I don't think that would be a good route. I think maybe you can find somebody that does like a little, maybe like a two week, um, introduction to the remote collar. And, um, like if that's your goal anyway, then that's right. what it would be. But if you came to us, we'd probably have you do like a three week. Um, but again, it's like such a big dog that you have to be mindful of, you know, um, the dog's ability to work that long too. Cause we've had bigger dogs after like two weeks and they're cooked, they're yep. done. They don't want to do any sessions. They're zonked. They're tired. Um, and, you know, imagine that dog and getting very tired after two weeks and then having to be there for another four weeks. Right. It wouldn't be healthy, I don't think. Okay. Okay. What about uh, they the, the place that I found, they do one-on-one -on -one training. Would that be maybe more beneficial yes. for her? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I would try to – I would just because of her breed um, – Yep. Like I said, like we get dogs in like the Australian shepherds and the, the border collies and the dobies and the, and the shepherds and the Malinois and, you know, those dogs can be in a program where they're worked every single day and they're not, you know, exhausted. But I think if you start to get in those, like those really larger breed dogs and, um, it, it can get a little, 
<clears throat> tedious uh, and, and I think exhausting and, and actually like kind of messing things up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, that answers all of my questions for now. So um, I certainly have, uh, will reset and, and take away the e-caller for a couple weeks mm-hmm. and um, to see, see where we're at and I'll stop being a, busy here with my uh repetitive (laughs) repetitive nature of you know just constant nagging her i think is is how you put it and so yeah yeah yeah, i i've i've got some work that i need to do to help her be uh to be better so yeah yeah i uh i certainly do appreciate your time tom yeah no worries all right good luck with everything all right thank you very much i appreciate it you have a good day you too bye-bye all right, bye-bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast with the first question coming from a five-star review, most helpful podcast out there, from Becca Bogman. Thank you so much, Tom, for helping me and my dog live a better life together. I have an 11-month-old, 70-pound lab that is great with almost everything except healing and leaving other dogs. We've worked a lot on healing and can heal past people with only some space in between us. He'll react with just a whine, and sometimes we pass people, but... A leave it and with a little pop is all it takes. But he just can't seem to leave other dogs alone. We'll heal on the other side of the street and he'll still jump and lunge towards them. I've tried to heal him past other dogs as well and sit and wait to other dogs to pass, but both do not have success. We've worked a lot on our leave it command and have a lot of success with other things, not just dogs. I was wondering what we can do to work on this. He doesn't interact with other dogs on leash, but he only interacts with dogs that we know. So be considering his breed being a uh, very probably playful, happy, uh, confident lab and his age, um, still being a puppy, I would say um, you, you're, it's common. So you're not going to be able to get away from him wanting to go do this. But what you can do is you can get away from some of the bad behaviors that stem from him wanting to do this, like the whining and the jumping. Um, so you have to make sure that you're, you're handling him, uh, properly. So if he's jumping up in the air, then that means you have to be correcting him down and moving him away from the other dogs in the best way that you can. Um, it sounds like, uh, with a little pop, you are able to discourage some of this behavior. So he's sensitive to whatever equipment you're using, which is good. Um, and I would just, if he's still jumping and lunging towards them, there's two questions you have to ask yourself. How well does he know heal realistically? Like heal, like when you say heal, he's like, okay, fine, I got to be here. And what are you doing to reinforce it? If you ask a dog to do something and they decide to not do it and they're like, yeah, I know what you want me to do, but I don't care. Screw you, I'm out of here. You have to you have to really audit like, okay, what are you going to do about it? I mean, if you're pulling the dog back, does that help? If you're correcting the dog, does that help? If you're redirecting the dog, does that help? You have to really kind of go through some things that help. And I, I find um, obviously having the right equipment on the dog, being a 70-pound, almost a year old lab, um, at least a slip leash, potentially a prong collar, um, and also just, again, like you're handling. If I'm out walking with a dog and they're reactive and I'm on the other side of the street and they end up in the air, that means that my equipment isn't what it needs to be and my handling isn't good enough because if your dog is on your left side healing and engaged with you, you should never be into that predicament. 
So I would make sure that your healing is good, your inside turns, your directional changes. What you don't want to do is just have your dog in a break and have them in front of you and go left to right behind you, spin you around. Healing should be heal, walking forward very nicely. We're doing good. And then a break. And when you're passing other dogs or other distractions, you need to make sure that you apply that heal command to, to teach the dog to walk nicely under your, um, I guess your influence or your verbals. So I, I hope that that helps. And, um, yeah, that's what I would do. This question comes, question for the show, coming from 6367, a bunch of words and letters. Hey, Tom, I recently found your podcast, and I love it. I feel good about all your methods and training style. I absolutely use the methods that to train my own dog when I get one. Here's the thing. I want to get a dog more than anything, but I definitely, but definitely as soon as I move out, I'm only 17. I've been trying to figure out if I should get a dog from a breeder or a rescue or shelter dog. I would love to give a shelter dog a happy new life. My question is, should I be concerned about running into a problem with a rescue and who has behavioral issues and in trouble in training? Is there a risk a dog could be uh, innately f- very fearful or aggressive and could be trained out of it. Thank you so much. I would, I always recommend go to the shelter or go to a rescue, go to the shelter though. I mean, there's so many dogs out there that are so desperate for a home, so desperate that they will die if they don't get one. You can get dogs of all shapes, sizes, ages, and breeds. So there's no reason for you to not go out and get one of those dogs. I have one of those dogs. I also have a bred dog. Um, so oh, a bred dog meaning a purebred. Um, so it just depends, right? If you're if you're going out and you're working on a very specific thing that you need the breed to do exactly what you need them to do because you're spending a lot of time on them, um, then maybe getting a purebred is, makes more sense. But realistically, I tell people anybody that's looking for a dog should be going out to the shelters and pulling one of those dogs out of that environment and giving them a home. Um, And you can see, like there's so many dogs that will put their ears back and wag their tail and submissive pee on themselves when you go and see them and give them attention. So uh, there's no problem with going to the shelter or finding a dog without any behavioral issues. So um, that's what I would do. For an example, one of my staff, Julia, you guys will meet all my staff once we get our studio done because we're going to do the podcast with them, which is going to be very fun. But anyway, um, she just rescued a dog and she's kind of fostering, but she'll probably end up keeping the dog. She rescued this, fostered this dog that was left in an apartment, beautiful little red healer, um, young dog, and the owners just left him in the apartment and left and moved and they just left him in the crate. And so thankfully him barking got somebody's attention and they pulled the dog out and he didn't die a very painful, long, terrible death. Um, He's good. He's getting trained. He's getting a lot better. Um, So there's a lot of dogs out there like that too, that just people are scumbags and they're great dogs and they're really, and, and, and they're, they're purebred. So just because they're in a shelter doesn't mean you can find a lot of purebred dogs in the shelter because people just don't know what they're doing. So anyway, good question. I hope, I hope you do that. That would, that would mean a lot to me if you went out and adopted a dog. That would be great. All right. The next question. Thankfully, I found the No Bad Dog podcast. This is A-Team Mama. All right. Five-star review. Thank you, A-Team Mama. What a huge resource and help you have been. Our first German Shepherd had zero behavioral concerns, and you would say that we were lucky. I know that I am so thankful. Our new German Shepherd, he's 10 months old, and we rescued him from an unfortunate situation where he was with a family that wasn't providing him with stimulation or activity to keep him developed or socially or have social skills. And it was also caused to a shadow chasing obsession, tied up outside on a five feet facing a brick wall, and we've... Um, 
concurred so much in the last two short months. We've conquered so much in the last two months that he's been here with us. A lot of that is thanks to you. But my question is, is we have three small kids, six, five, and three. And anytime they are outside together, or I know where this is going, by the way, or someplace where he can get up momentum, he will run and nip them in their hands or in their back. I listened to an episode 109 where you mentioned a blue healer in the episode and trying to do what he was designed to do, but that's a herd, or is it what he's doing? Um, or is it more of an issue with not ever being socialized with other people or children, and he just doesn't know what to do? Um, it's only when running or playing. So this is um, this is going to be like a policing type thing. A lot of dogs who, and it doesn't have to be exposure, it could be a, a policing thing where dogs just, they're not, um, they, they will literally go go out and like if kids are running or other dogs are running, they'll go out and say, Hey, slow down, you know? Um, so that, that happens often, um, where dogs are what I call policing. So they're chasing. It's, I don't know, I, I guess maybe a prey drive, but not really. Cause they're not trying to like kill the thing they're chasing. They're just trying to say, Hey, slow down. So I would just start to like desensitize some of the kids in like little spurts. So putting them on a slip leash, going out, having the kids kind of jog by or walking by really slow. And then eventually just paying the dog. Like when they do good and they ignore the kids or they don't chase the kids, um, then you can pay the dog. Um, and then you would transfer to more running and things like that. And then you would of course get, uh, get maybe a long line and let the dog out and just try to help like discourage some of this chasing behavior. Um, so I think you just have to weave, um, into the situation and blend into the situation very slowly and pay the dog when he does good and he makes a better decision and give the dog a little pressure with a slip leash when he decides to chase, but making sure that the kids are very neutral, walking fast and then kind of jogging and then running and kind of going up in, in increments. I wouldn't try to just go hit it head on. So, all right, you guys, that's the end of the podcast and I'm going to be answering a bunch of questions next week. So make sure you guys listen. I'll see you guys next Monday. Have a great week. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.